0: what's up you guys this is john welcome to talk about that the podcast where the banter train is leaving the station Mm.
1: boys
0: (laughs) it's going to be a great episode and we have a special guest today we're going to introduce in a few minutes and it's going to be just awesome but what's up you guys how you doing what's up i'm great doing good good Good. your
2: energy level's real high today well we're not sick anymore so that's true yeah we're not sick
1: it is true this
0: is like one of the like day two of me feeling not Abnormal. Don't jinx it. I wouldn't no. call it normal yet. I'm not abnormal. Don't you
2: jinx it. <laughs> my wife, when she gets sick, I know I'm in for like a week of sickness when she coughs and it gives that seal bark. Oh, my wife has the same thing. So <laughs> it's, it's like, she'll, she'll, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Thing? yeah. Does Emily cough? I do the cough? seal bark. It's like, there's like a <clears throat> cough and there's like, hunk! It's like a... <laughs> What was that? It's like the devil's belching through you, and I'm like, well, that's two weeks. That's two weeks of my life.
1: Yeah, I do that. I do that bark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, when it's
0: you not her, her
2: fault, I will say that she's
0: just... no, no, good save. Um, <laughs> she's home crying right now.
2: Uh, listen, she cries buddy, like a seal too. It's amazing. <laughs> I just throw her a beach ball, and she plays for hours. <laughs>
0: uh, Dane, you uh, kind of teased with some exciting news last week, and then you could yeah. not tell us what it was, but I hear that now you can.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we got a call from uh, Tooth & Nail mm-hmm. saying that um, Emory wants to take us back on the road, oh. which is really cool yeah. on its own merit, but... A new ba- another band is going to be on that tour, mm-hmm. and it's a band that's been a- away for a long time. Petra, and if you, <laughs> it's not Petra. <laughs> it's <a> Garmon Key. <laughs> you said a long it's a ba- time. It's a band called As Cities Burn. Oh, oh. Yeah. I know who that is. And uh, so they're they've been they're all- heavy, right? They're a heavy band. <laughs> they're pretty heavy, but they're also like kind of chill. Oh, they have they have moments. They're a roller coaster
2: right. of emotion. Right, just like,
0: like a city burning. Sometimes <laughs> yeah, it, it's sometimes, a blaze. Sometimes it's just a, too soon for that. We yeah, California
2: on fire, John. Yeah, I'm really? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I wasn't. You're not doing any California dates. Sorry with that tour. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Come no. on out to as cities burn. <laughs> we'll be in Santa Barbara if there is a Santa Barbara. <laughs> Jeez. Jeez. Yeah, hey, I'm glad
1: I didn't make fun of it.
0: Jeez know. 20. Good.
2: Great. Yeah, so
1: it's all it's all southeast. So Atlanta and then all Florida dates. Orlando. Yeah, I saw the dates and I was really Mandy. excited for you. Uh, Yabor City, is that how you say it? Yabor? It's Ybor. Ybor, Ybor City. Ybor. Mm-hmm. Ybor City. Wasn't like e- e- was like Igor. Right. Wasn't
0: Ybor the guy he was with the, the hump? <laughs> he did. Walk this way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're pumped about that. Yeah. That's Excited awesome, to do man. It again.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're going
1: south
2: too in the middle of the winter. So that's good I'm be... not.
1: I really love the cold. Really? I really, really love well, the cold. Well, now you got
2: the long hair, so. Long hair's hot in the summer, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of a pain. Do you, you pull it back all summer though, don't you? You got Sometimes. it down like a beautiful John Snow. Well, looking. I also
1: work. I work a landscaping job too, and it gets in the way, so oh, I have right. to like tie it up in a hat so it's not constantly yeah in Ooh. my face or like. Man. You was tie it up and
0: make a hat out of it. It's so really long. good. It, it was at rust, one point. Rust. It's not anymore.
2: <laughs> Crochet like a like a, a Dan- Davy Crockett kind of a thing. <laughs> He's got his own
0: raccoon tail.
2: There was a guy one time. I remember like. Uh, when the rap guys were doing that, like they would make these huge tall fades, you know, like all the rap dudes. Like, and flat there was tops? there was a rapper that cut his hair into a Davy Crockett hat. Oh, I got I got to Google it because I remember it. He had it was like it was like a coon skin looking on top, and then the back was like a little tail that he left himself. And uh, I don't,
1: I've you have to show me that. I
2: don't know. I mean, again, maybe it's in my head. Maybe I pictured it in a dream <laughs> I had. But uh,
1: that's pretty incredible.
2: Yeah. Hey,
0: speaking of dreams. Mm. I'd like to introduce our guest today. Oh, that was a good segue. <laughs> Johnny, segue! <laughs> today is the girl of my dreams. Actually, my uh, wife, Laura, is here today. She's joining us. How wow. you
3: doing? Hey, I'm glad to know that it was me you The girl of
2: your about. dreams and your wife. There used to be a comedian. And he would open that. It's one of the best, the funniest openers. It's kind of inappropriate, but he would say, Guys, I work with him in a club. He'd be like, Guys, I'm in love. And the whole crowd would clap. <laughs> and they'd me go, my wife is going to be so mad. <laughs> <laughs> it's so inappropriate, but it's oh, funny. It's, so it's a great misdirection. Yeah. It's
0: kind of like the old preacher joke, though. You know, my first wife, who is still my wife. Oh, know? right. My dear, she's my first wife today. <laughs> she's still my wife.
2: And then if you ever do get divorced, it's like, hey, he told us the whole
0: time. <laughs> Dang, we knew. We should have known. We knew. Well, hey, babe, how you doing? Good. So
1: you had an exciting day today.
3: Yes. I went on a field trip with third graders. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, Laura took one to for tell. the parenting team today. <laughs> that sounds like a nightmare.
3: <laughs> it was good. We Do you to, guys trade
2: off on that stuff?
3: Well, sometimes I'm out of town for work. Right. So, yeah, yeah, we do kind of trade. I took today off to go.
2: Good. Where did you go?
3: The Traveler's Rest Plantation Home, which is a home Ooh. by John Overton, who was apparently okay. not a politician um, in the state, but a very, very wealthy man. He was the founder of the city of Memphis. Oh, And... um own something like 63,000 acres in this state at Whoa. one point, like a serious landowner. You found a city? I don't I, understand. I don't know either. Like but you know, say I found it? <laughs> we have, <laughs> that we like have Overton did. County, <laughs> so that's who that's named for okay. in Tennessee is John Overton. Right. And, um, well, Overton
0: High School is over there. Uh, we,
3: it's literally right next door to John yeah. Overton High School and uh, Franklin Road Academy. So you're telling
0: me the guy... Who founded Memphis, even he didn't want to live there.
3: Because it was for third graders, yeah. they really there was probably a lot more to tell than they kind of mm. just right. picked snippets. Right. Um, but I always find it really interesting. They have like a replica schoolhouse. The kids got to write with quill pens today. Okay. Um, they learned how to do the Virginia reel, which is a dance. Mm. Um they yeah, you sent me a
0: video, it was awesome.
3: they uh, did like an old fashioned um, holiday drink, which was so nasty. Well, it was it? called syllabus or syllabub, <laughs> and it was celibate. It makes no. You. It was not celibate, <laughs> uh, but it was m- <laughs> milk apple yeah. um, cider sugar. and sugar and ah. it was so gross. Oh, and nutmeg and cinnamon in it. Was it well, heated? Sound, no, it was cold. Sound that, that it did not sound
2: all that bad. Oh milk? I like all those things. I don't
3: know. It just... Ah. I, uh, it I was, like a
2: lot of things. You don't mix them together. <laughs> it just was really gross
3: but Sadie loved it. Did she really? Yeah. She uh, liked
2: it. But it's drink. like... Yeah. Is she uh. adventurous though? You guys... No. She, no, she
0: no, she is adventurous. She's become... Now well, have got an
2: attack on her, John. No, ask if she's adventurous. Leave her alone. She I mean, like, <laughs> tries things. No, she's not like
3: the kid who's like, ooh, asparagus, right. let me try that. Oh, and yeah, oh yeah. this. But she tried at the beach, she had um, Oh yeah, she
0: ate all seafood this year at the she
3: beach. She had shrimp and lobster bisque. She mm. tried smoked oysters. I mean okay. she will try a few things, I won't but do it. this was gross.
0: Yeah, she uh we had not one chicken tender. On the beach, which was crazy. Yeah, no
2: chicken dinners are for us. Chicken. Yeah, but, yeah, but nine when they stop
3: eating off the kids' menu, oh, like, Spanish. cha-ching, it was bad.
2: It's expensive. Yeah. Oysters, never. I never ever want to try an oyster. It just looks like, Jim McGaffin calls it a snot rock, <laughs> and that's what it is. It's they're a really snot good. rock. They're really, <laughs> really they good. I don't good.
3: love them raw. But yeah. char grilled oysters, oysters Rockefeller. It just tastes
1: like
2: fish, right? It just tastes like No,
3: cows. not at all. D-
1: they do like different flavors too. Like they add like barbecue, yeah. like a rub, or I don't yeah. know. It's different. To make it, it not taste like a booger, you mean? No, I like the taste. I, I grew up on Cajun cuisine though. Oh
3: ghetto <laughs> okay. etouffee.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Your mom makes a good stuff. I like yeah. Cajun, but oh, yeah.
2: a lot of Cajun is just burned. Let's be real. No. She's like, oh no. it's Cajun. Where Black- Black- have you been eating Cajun? But when they make something that's regular Cajun, like let's have the Cajun salmon or whatever, they just, you just it's mean really blackened. Black yeah, oh. they I put have... a little bit of pepper on it and then they burn it, and they go, "There you go, <laughs> break off some of that." <laughs> that's a salmon Literally. Kit Kat. Yeah.
0: Oh man! Hey, listen, big news for all the Vol fans. Oh, yeah. yes. um, happened over the. I mean, the great saga. In fact, there's a shirt. That I've seen that said I survived the Tennessee coaching surge of two thousand seventeen. So I'm thinking about getting one of those. But we have a coach, Coach uh Jeremy. And coach Pruitt.
3: Taylor from Friday Night Live. Yes. 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 He
1: is the same person.
3: Seriously. And I think it's when he gets fired up and it's that whole I it's thing. I. It yeah. sounds exactly like Coach it does. Taylor. I, and I was excited about it. I was
1: watching the presser and Emily was right there next to me and I said he sounds like Coach Thank Taylor. Thank you. Like, exactly. Yes.
3: Like him. John did not hear it. but the well, totally do I,
1: Obviously, Coach Taylor doesn't have all the all right. eyes. It's a two. It's a no, tick. he does but he do the eye. He does that. He does that,
3: does he? Yes. yes.
0: Absolutely. Coach does. Taylor's a little more Texas and a little less Alabama. What well, are the chances, yeah.
3: what are the chances
2: that. that he picked it up from watching Friday Night Live? I wonder lives? too. Wow. I don't know, but
3: you know, he was He's on a like, show. Like, well, this is how
2: coaches talk. It's life. He was on art. an
3: MTV reality yeah. show.
2: Okay. Yeah, I saw that. What was it? It was
3: called Two A Days.
2: Oh, and it from okay. the
3: high school that he was at because it was like one of those powerhouse mm-hmm. high schools, right. and that's back when you know they were doing reality TV out of everything. So yeah, well, former
1: was on Friday Night Lights.
3: Yep, former was, really, was he? That.
0: I knew yeah. he was on uh, the Blind Side on the movie. Actually,
2: that might yeah, be I don't think it it he was on Friday yeah, Night Lights. Yeah. I'm gonna but he was definitely on watch. the Blind Side. <laughs> I'll get back. Actually, to it was the Biggest Loser. What? That's not fair. No. Come on, Manatee oh, back in so the house. Manatee. Okay, here we go. Johnny's get got to to that it. joke because it just sounds like <laughs> guys. You
0: know, you're preventing Philip Fulmer from ever being a guest on this show. They right used now. <laughs> to do
2: these signs where they would be like intensity, and it would be like the the power big power team, tea, yeah. orange tea in the billboards. And it would just show the guy with the headset on pointing. And then I was like, we need to do one with Fulmer and just be like manatee and <laughs> have the tea. It's the- <laughs> <You're> so <laughs> awful, Johnny. My favorite was when he would be like, they would be doing two a days and they'd show the press conference of him doing that or whatever. They'd show footage and he'd be clever, I'm like go and he's he's dogging these guys to run faster. I'm like. Dude, you look like you're just holding a sandwich in one hand. <laughs> I don't know. There's just something about a big football coach. Well, well he a an guy, line he's yeah. a former lineman. He, yeah, that's his. That's, that's his... just. There's different shapes of people. I'm a big. Ful- you saying Fulmer was on? Yeah, was on, oh, yeah. yeah. He was know. on a championship team, right? In yeah. the 50s. Uh, what did he win a championship?
0: Well, there's a contested championship in what, like 67, that we claim because there was no BCS. Oh right. And, so multiple people claimed uh, the championship. The AP and the
2: coaches and the yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah yeah. So, but he was, there was even an AP back then. I don't know, Johnny. It was no. a different.
0: They weren't even using a football. I
2: think. Yeah, it was just it was like just a, a pig skull, a rock or something. A rock, a pig skull. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Evan the other day, he heard this saying somebody on TV. So you gotta hum that tater.
2: No, no, I told him that. Is that you? Yeah, I told him that because okay. there used to be a guy that would call in in Knoxville radio, <laughs> and isn't that na- oddly enough he was a Titans fan? They called him Titans Bill. Don't so care. there's it's mostly ball fans <laughs> that call in Knoxville radio, and they're insane. They're insane. <laughs> Jimmy, what they need to do, and they would give the oh, play. Yeah, absolutely. If they listen to me, they'd win, back at. But no, so this guy would call. In, he's the, I'm like. This is before the Titans were a big deal, and in Knoxville they're really not a big deal at all. Now they right. may be. but when I lived there ten years ago, eleven years ago. This guy called Titans Bill here. He's a northerner. He mm. real Titans Bill. Let me tell you what they need to do. They're going east and west. They need to get down the field. They gotta hum that tater. Jimmy. <laughs> oh dear! And I was like, what? What is he saying? Is that a saying? Where you hum that
0: up? tater, Bob. Gotta,
1: you Gosh.
2: don't get anywhere going east that's and west. Incredible!
0: Wow. Yeah, that that's Titans, Bob. Well, anywho, the uh, Laura. And I, I gotta tell you this. So many reasons I love my wife, but she's such a like huge football fan. And so, like, I come home the other day, and she... Where was I? I was doing a premarital counseling or something somewhere. I forget what I was doing. But I came home... And she had the press conference, like oh, Jerry wow. Pruitt's press conference up. And then after she'd already listened to the whole thing, we sat in the bed and we had to listen to it again to make <laughs> sure I could listen to it we could experience yeah. it together like yes. a family. It's just love. It's a big this moment. It's, it's a big moment. moment. It great. Absolutely, it's a big moment. I mean, so there's a, there's a rumor. And so Laura hasn't heard about this. So not to be confused it. with a groomer. <laughs> no, not a groomer. Those are dead. You know, he came out, by the way, and said, I couldn't control all of the stories. I read some oh, things. Like, he,
3: he probably it. just
2: extended his ESPN contract. Oh, Years Everybody used Tennessee ten. to get more money with their job that they currently use. Even is. I used it somehow. Yeah, it was absolutely. Weird, so. <laughs>
3: extended his ESPN contract and his narcissistic personality oh, disorder.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I like Gruden.
3: Oh, I don't dislike him.
2: Yeah. I'm kind of
0: glad I don't know. I mean yeah. we all want to We him. don't know that he would have so been in college I heard yet, though. I'll let so apparently Jeremy Pruitt. Took the, you know the famous Tennessee trash
3: can. Oh lord, okay? you can't call Infamous. It famous. They did yeah. it for a
0: year. Infamous trash can all mm. over ESPN. The stupid trash can. It's stupid is which, right. By the way, my niece the other night at my nephew's wedding, my niece, not okay, a niece, another niece, okay. we're sitting there, and apparently she says she messes up common colloquialisms a lot and everything and so <laughs> we're sitting there and she goes guys i'm not even kidding at school i'm such a joking stock
2: <laughs> and I
0: said, you mean laughing stock and she doesn't that I mean, that's not that's good. so funny yeah joking so stock. anywho we were the laughing stock of the nation with that trash can so i guess coach pruitt took the team and made them, took the trash can. This is all uh, alleged. And then yeah. b- also brought a dumpster over, dumped everything from the trash can to all of their old stuff into the dumpster. I'm talking about,
2: like the roster sheets. He said, there's no yeah, roster everything. spot that's guaranteed to any of you. Well, I think yes. That's
3: good. And, and
2: he tore it up. Yeah.
0: And he set the dumpster on
2: fire. So it's a literal
3: in. dumpster and fire. Then he yes. looked at
0: the players and said, Y'all see that? That's what your program has become. Oh, wow. And then he made him get like Home Depot five gallon buckets filled and, with water and yeah. like ferry water and said, now y'all are going to do today what you're about to do for your program. We're going to put out this dumpster fire. I'm going to tell you guys.
3: After that, did they go to like youth camp and throw their so, CDs in? That's the exactly. Team. What I thought
0: <laughs> the, fire. Oh, very the, youth the, camp, the fire The, the camp fornication, say, right? It when you had to burn your right. secular music? <laughs> Remember, I used to do this, all those, all those overdrive retreats? Uh, we had the leadership team, was called Overdrive, which mm-hmm. was always like these because my last name's Driver. And so our youth group was called Shift 122. So it was all these groomers about me that I yeah. had made this all about my last name, which is not true at right. all. And I'd like to right now. Okay say that that wasn't true. I've been waiting years to uh, Good deal. make that disclaimer. But but I used to come up with something every Overdrive tree to try to that you need that moment it's, it's a like totem. A, U, it's a totem it's a youth pastor a, thing yeah. you know so like i remember that one time the, I, I bet that i'd run out of times so you could bury something mm-hmm. or you could uh set something on fire and so what i, I did a burial at sea that time i made oh, them yeah. all take rocks and we oh, walked out to the pond <laughs> and they tied like a piece of paper with something on it to mm-hmm. it and we threw it into the pond wow. and so right now there's all nice, these nice. there's nothing under there but rocks. where was this at this was here. Overdrive. Dane.
1: This was here. Yep. Dane, you were
0: here.
3: I don't think I was there. No, usually in summer overdrive retreats because Dane was at camp. Right, I was at he camp. He was not there. But I actually uh, told a Dane story today because they got on the yikes. bus and did the whole, you know person number one oh, here, no. person number here too. So I looked over at this mom that was with me. I was like, we had this kid on this trip. I, I was like, that kid from us on the bus and texted us 20 minutes later after we had no, stopped like an hour later. at a Stucky's in yeah. rural Alabama. And he's like, where are you guys? You left me. You the- left me. <laughs> I wanted to kill him out. My blood pressure went through the roof. <laughs> we I were...
1: knew
2: exactly how to freak you guys out.
3: Listen, <sighs> you can't do that to somebody who's had a stroke.
2: <laughs> it was but that told him it's like it's important. Like youth pastors have to do object lessons are big with kids and I get why they do it. But yeah, you run out of ideas. I remember this is a weird memory, but it's <laughs> it's it's burned in my brain because my mom, she ran a group home, and so we'd have these guys, sometimes they were like nineteen, twenty year old. Kids that would come live with us, you know, and they had different. Sometimes they had drug problems. Sometimes they had mental illness. Sometimes they had both. And she was so big on like secular music. You can't have this kind of music. She nothing was like heavy metal or whatever. But some of these guys would have like playboys and stuff. And we had like (laughs) an incinerator on our property, like where you could have burn, you could (laughs) burn things. And she burned this guy's penthouse and playboys one day. (laughs) And we, I was standing aside. I was like, kid, was like, what is she? Oh, she's burning this guy's. And the ash floated up. In like, so I'll never forget, like, half a naked woman floating by me. <laughs> it's raining naked ladies. I was going to say, instead of the song, so like men, the it's raining men, it's raining naked like ladies. The opposite of her intent was happening. <laughs> that and really like, going to see this ash floating up. It spreads oh, look. to
0: the whole neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. it's Some kid down the street. Right. They? <laughs> yeah. It's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> <laughs> oh my so, goodness! Anyway. Well, so I am excited though. Uh, so it's an Alabama defensive coordinator, which there is there are questions about whether or not because he's never head coached. In fact, in two thousand four, he was teaching. He was literally teaching kindergarten P.E. Yeah.
2: This sounds like John Kerry. It is. It's it just does. like John Kerry. This is his, his rise. You, this is going to happen. I'm telling this you is guys, his pathway. He's going to coach so you're Alabama. you're saying, no, in 10 years, John <laughs> Kerry will be the UT head coach. <laughs> After Pruitt Maybe. is his own dumpster fire. <laughs> no. He's like, I don't know what happened. It didn't work out. Right. against that. John Kerry comes in. <laughs> it was like Pruitt was right here. Yeah. <laughs> but right. I loved
3: how he handled that in the press conference, saying, you know, nobody's a head coach until somebody gives you that opportunity yeah. i yep. mean nobody's in nobody's in anything yeah. until you get that first yep. whatever opportunity so i just thought he handled it really really Did well you,
0: laura would you would you go as far as to say that you think that he knows himself well oh gosh
3: i don't know
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's what we
1: call i bet nice. i bet jeremy pruitt that's doesn't care about any
0: agreement. that wasn't even a soft <laughs> segue.
3: segue
1: that was horrible <laughs>
0: i would i do want to take this moment before we get into any of that because dane's dreading it so badly for some <laughs> reason i'm ready but he's like bring it um I do want to give Laura the opportunity mm. because she is a, uh, a faithful listener to <laughs> talk about that podcast. Which, where can we find that podcast, Dane? At talk, AB. That, that pod, pod. <laughs> that's it <laughs> and and so every week um because you know i do make a lot of mistakes and and she always either tells me a way like oh y'all should, y'all y'all could have talked about this and she reminds me of things and there's a lot of things i've screwed up though i don't know a lot of things mm. i've not said right and so is there anything and i should have probably cued hour. you for this but you do have one of those great memories is, is there anything you want to from the past what episode is this Uh, 12. This is 12. This is is a dozen. (laughs) So uh, is there anything from the past 12 episodes like commentary you want to (laughs) give or (laughs) things that we should have done
1: differently, something Mm, that should have been corrected? This is
0: your opportunity. We already
1: know how much it sucks. So you can skip (laughs)
0: over that.
3: No, it does. I love listening. But, you know, obviously I've been married to John for a really long time and I've known you guys for a really long time. So I just love it because it. Always feels like I'm listening to a conversation around my dinner table, or yeah. you know, at a restaurant, or whatever. So I really like it. I did tell John though um, I loved last week that he was the only one who talked about how tight Mariah Carey's dress was. Oh. <laughs> I said, so instead of anything else, let's talk about yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> well, he
2: was positing a theory that perhaps that's what was holding her up. Yeah, but that's right. not right. even well, you make... know
3: she wears those tight dresses. Well, that doesn't make. Any but any that's sense. not really even the point. What he was talking about was the fact that she was he noticed it exactly whoa oh, guys I
0: didn't notice anything uh-huh. you sent me the photo or whatever Johnny it was uh, you video. set it on fire if I remember Craig <laughs> like floated she floated, above. floated into the no, was, yeah, that was the exact uh, point. like that there was maybe a stretch factor you know, attention, if you will. Now, yeah, I, think the only, I think the only attention was with you. Yeah, John was giving it a lot of attention. So, that's
2: funny. So what you're saying, John, is you said to Laura, all I want for Christmas is you to wear a dress like that. Is that, yes. what, is
3: that no. what you're I tell you right now? That's not happening.
2: Speaking of Mariah
0: Carey, so uh, I took Sadie to see the Star movie yes. last night. And has anybody else seen it but me?
2: I know about it. I know about it. It's the animal's perspective on the nativity.
0: Right. Yeah, it's talking animals. It's just like the Bible, except talking animals. animals. Well, no, there was a talking donkey,
2: and a donkey is the main character. Curry wants to see a movie with all the talking animals from the Bible, like Balaam. Uh, she had others. I can't remember what else she said. She's like,
0: I think that's the only one. No, no, there was. Well, there's the snake in the garden. Well, yeah, you wouldn't involve right. him. Satan talking to Balaam's donkey. <laughs> oh man, what a script! We're gonna
2: we're gonna go ahead and put a spec script together and see if we can get it sold. But I don't
3: know. I'll buy it for two cents. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, there was though. Mariah Carey. So the She's uh, one of the voices. Yeah, Mariah Carey, Kelly Clarkson, Kristen Chenoweth. Yeah. Um, you had, and it's
3: a musical, right? No. Or no,
0: no, but it's just no. There's it's songs not, throughout. Okay. There's songs throughout. Great, great soundtrack. Zachary Levi is the voice of Joseph. Uh, you
2: had... Um, um,
3: Oprah's in it, right?
2: Oprah, I think, was in it. Yeah. You thought it was Oprah, and I think we need to confirm that.
3: No, Oprah's definitely in okay. it. There's,
2: there's no way to know. Well, generally. you said, I think Oprah, and I was just like, <laughs> or do you just think all black women sound alike? Whoa. Well, yes. Whoa! 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 You brought that. Let's confirm it.
0: I'm not. I'm not talking. I do. Hey, <laughs> you're gonna eat those words, buddy. Here we go.
2: <laughs> right now. Last night at my show, they gave a car away. Speaking of which, they they gave a car to this guy who he he's one of their youth leaders. I think are involved in their youth ministry, and he takes Uber to church.
3: Oh. She plays Deborah,
2: and they gave him a car. They gave this guy a car, and I wanted it so bad because I came up after. I wanted it so bad to be like, and you get a car, everybody in here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and just, but I didn't. Why? Why did you not? <laughs> okay. Because I didn't want to like pee on the moment because it was a really cool moment. So I don't want to be like you that. Should, should That's exactly why you
1: should have done it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: She, by the way, does play a character in the movie, and mm. I would like an apology, not just I to apologize me, to
2: you, and to Oprah. all the listeners, all every <laughs> listener. I apologize. Yeah. For John's latent racism. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let me see who else is in it. Tracy Morgan. Tracy Morgan. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was It was funny. It was really good.
2: I need to see it because I've heard good things too.
0: It was. I enjoyed it. Uh, Sadie and I went and uh and that's why we skipped your show <sighs> last night. So she wasn't feeling real well, so we couldn't. I, I skipped just thought, your show because I don't
2: like you. Oh. Well, I just thought the reason <laughs> I only the only reason I mentioned it is because I mean, you've come to my shows before, but the the band that was there this girl group. I was like, oh, they're called Cimarelli. And I was like, oh, whatever. Cimarelli, Cimarelli. Cimarelli. That's what Curry said. And I was like, I'm sure they've never heard that. Please make sure you say that. (laughs) Good grief. Uh, I can't take her anywhere. Uh, But anyway, she (laughs) was like, "Uh, well, who are they? And so I looked them up. And I was like, well, maybe it's local. Maybe they're local. They're from Sacramento. So no. Not local. Secondly, Two and a half million fans on Facebook.
3: That's nuts.
2: Four million subscribers on YouTube. Over a billion hits on their videos. Oh, jeez. like, what in the world? They won a teen choice award. I'm like, I gotta follow these girls? Sure enough, they blew the doors off. They're unbelievable. So yeah, like, but don't sevens. they sing
3: like a bunch of like all about boys and They
2: kind of do, but they did Christmas songs last night. So they oh, did like okay. Carol of the Bells, it's like six part harmonies in Carol of the Bells. Yeah. It was it was like pitch it's perfect. Cool. It was unbelievable.
3: Because John found them on YouTube or something. Yeah, Listen to some of the songs. I'm like, hmm, not sure my now. Let's go into that. Yeah,
2: they have a thing <laughs> like phrase
0: will come back with a boyfriend. Yeah. Would, <laughs> which so is not going to get happen. ready. Y'all
3: he's in denial straight up.
0: Guys uh, she's nine, right? I but mean, she's, she's not going to. I had a girlfriend when I was nine. nine. Is she's... she
2: interested in boys now?
0: Oh, interested boy, crazy. Well, I don't know, Laura. How would you? See, it's she has like her everything moments. else
3: when you're nine. She likes something for three seconds, and we spend a lot of money on it, and then she likes something no, you else. You bought her a boy. Is that oh, what no. you're saying? No. Oh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is a, this is a, this is a uh, true story. There was a particular boy at school she mm-hmm. was interested in for about three, four weeks. I was hearing about him every day when she came home. And uh, and then one day she got in the car and told me she didn't like him anymore. And you want to know the reason why? Why? He started eating his boogers. So this is classic I said, honey, that's probably a good reason not to. Maybe okay, y'all should so, just be friends, you know. So it's, my uh, friend and
3: make so, sure you wash your hands.
2: So my friend Marty my friend Marty Simpson, his it was either his daughter or his son came home one day from school and they were like eight or nine and said, Yeah, this kid in my class uh, picks his nose and eats it. Marty's like, That is gross. He's like, Yeah, they're Mormon. <laughs> Not what? He tied what? it funny. together. What? what a funny, wow. weird stereotype to start. Well, you know those Mormons—they pick their nose That's, and eat it. That doesn't even. That make what sense. a weird thing to have to correct. In Did he child. correct it? I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> if you're out there and you're Mormon and you're listening, <laughs> oh, I apologize. Blight on your culture. So. You know, it was my
0: wife that Dan that introduced me to so many things. Mm. Who's enriched my life in so many ways, <laughs> and she's she's going to be a perennial guest uh, on the show. So, but she did all, you
1: finally figure out how to spell enneagram?
0: Um, oh, he butchered
3: it last week. Well,
0: I tried to tell everybody, I was not ready. Is it I N N E? E A G
1: R A M. I haven't educated
0: myself to all of this, but my wife is 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 brilliant, and so. The truth is, here's what's hilarious. Why don't we tell the story of how I reacted to the idea of Enneagram.
3: It, oh. was, it was bad. It was so bad.
1: <laughs> you didn't think it was...
3: John's just resistant to that kind of stuff Same. because Same. Mm. you know you're not going to put me in a box. You're not nobody gonna,
0: puts baby in a corner. You're
3: not going to mm-hmm. tell me that this is this, and you're not going to tell me this is that. And you know, just because it's my personality type doesn't mean that I have to do X, Y, and Z. And right, just super, super. I um, think you're afraid. In.
2: Like he, if it comes out like, oh, it turns out you're a socialist. You're like, oh no. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, mean, I do.
0: Well, I mean, even like. What was it, last year that Laura, she was reading up on extroverts and introverts? Oh, that's
3: been a couple years ago, but yeah. Yeah, and, and
0: she told me I was an introvert. And I have this, yeah. like, very... Um,
3: if he thinks the word or the attribute has a more negative yeah. connotation mm-hmm. than a positive one, he's going to mm-hmm. really kind of rebel against the thought of being that because to him it's got a negative connotation and so She's no i am pegged, i am not that she does
2: i think I'm laura's so sure. your enneagram
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: she is well no i do and I, part of that is the journey of of realizing my insecurities you know and being okay with saying i have well, and them it's,
2: but it's okay to you be know. an introvert now too because it's like i see it on facebook all the time there, there's like t-shirts Uh, I'm an introvert. I don't even want to be here. I'm sorry, I was late. I didn't want to come. Like introvert, introverts are buying. And like, if you're wearing that shirt, you're officially not an introvert. Like, you want attention. You're. I don't get it. I I don't buy that.
3: Well, but the whole introvert extrovert thing really doesn't have much to do with your outward. Like people generally go, "Oh, you're introverted. That means you're shy."
1: Yeah.
3: Really and truly, kind of at the core of introvert extrovert is how you recharge, like where you get your energies from. And so there are a lot of people that are very charismatic individuals that are in positions of leadership, people on the stage that are truly introverts. When the event is over, when the thing is over, they want nothing more than like to get back to their hotel room and just unplug Mm -hmm. a little bit because they recharge and get energy from sort of being alone and and kind of in with their thoughts and those sort of things there's not anything about me that's even remotely introverted if i feel crummy like if i'm just low or blue like uh, nothing sounds better th- to me than like going to a crowded mall or like th- no. th- like let's if God, if, if, if we're crazy. like exhausted mm-hmm. i'm like let's have 20 people over and he's like have you lost mm-hmm. your mind but i get my energy yeah. from other people
0: yeah we'll have big and that was a thing i'm like, like a
3: leech basically <laughs> i would say
0: actually all three of us i would peg as introverts um because here's here's the problem though i took Offense uh, to the label introvert because I'm a public speaker, yeah. You know, and and I, and I'm a leader. I want to be a leader. I want to be a better leader. And there's this idea to me, and, and it's just really the stereotype of it.
3: Introvert means wallflower.
0: Introvert means so shy, afraid of your own shadow. Right. And she really helped me work through understanding that whole how the whole recharge thing. Because truth is, for me if I'm tired or or, I'm not even just tired, I need John alone time. Mm -hmm. I want to be out running alone. I take like an hour long shower in the dark, like a hot shower in the dark, sitting in the floor. serial killer stuff. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
2: (laughs) And I make lists.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And it's just very, it's just very, and so that, I thought I was past that. And Mm -hmm. then she pulls out this Enneagram thing.
2: Yeah. And,
0: and you know, basically tells me so i'm a six okay well i just hated the test i didn't even want to take the test and so <laughs> and i'm a little bit like you dane you know last week you said you said a lot of things dane Hurtful things. <laughs> but one of the things you said that i think i think is 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 something true for a lot of us you said hey i already know this about myself so why would i you know want to know and i, I pride myself on um i don't realize that but like it drives laura crazy i'm kind of a self-help guy over the years. I'm actually coming off of that a little bit, but I, I'm not the kind of guy that lives to, um, accentuate what I'm good at. I'm the guy that lives to make up for my faults. Like I put so much energy in trying to shore up what's wrong Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. me instead of just focusing on the things I do well. Um, which is a horrible, like John Maxwell, all of them. It's a horrible way to live, and I know that. I know all of that, but I want to. So I end up trying to be good at everything, or, or minimize the things about me that I think make me not qualified or make me not proficient at something. Yeah. And so because of that, I feel like I'm very in touch with with who I am. Right. And I mean, I've read a lot of books about this. Right. You know, Laura and I laugh. A lot of husbands don't want to talk about their feelings
2: or what they're going through. Like that's all I talk about. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I think you and Johnny are the women in your relationship. It's the only, it's yeah. the only th- I mean, to me, it's the only thing <laughs> worth
2: talking about, yeah. you know? It's like when I see people who, like, for instance, like spirituality, like people who are uh, agnostic, but they're not deep thinkers about it. They're just like, well, there's no way to really prove, and it's just, I don't even think about it anymore. I was raised in church, but it's whatever. I just right. grew, I grew out of it, and I'm like, it's literally the only question worth spending time on. Yeah. Where did we come from? What is our purpose? Is there a God? And if you're telling me that it's not settled in your mind, but you're just okay with it not being settled, I can't I can't live with that. I can almost live with somebody being an atheist because they were burned by whatever and they were more than I can just be like, I just don't So the same in the same way, like what else is there except feelings and and where are we going and what are we still connecting and to me that's just 101. But but I agree that at some point you have to just get into the business of like, we just got to be married and, and have trust in each other and have faith that things are okay. Right. But I do, I pick at the scab for sure. <laughs> oh. oh, absolutely.
0: Well, and she she's really good about, you know, um, like, there's a lot of things I don't say <laughs> that I'm thinking. Like, I've yeah. learned to just, okay, I will bombard people in my life and it gets real narcissistic real fast because now everything's about me and everything's about what I'm feeling and so I try to back up and think about others, but she's also really, there's just times I I'll just, every once I'll go, Hey, listen, I'm just going to need about an hour of your time. I just
2: need to talk this you out. You say that you say I need an oh, yeah, hour like, from you. I
0: need wow. to go through the John it's, it's process. I've
2: never done that. It just ends up being an hour. Well, yeah. I
0: know where it's going. So I might as well go ahead and just have realistic expectations for all of us. Yeah. You know, this is going to be what it is. And she's great about that. Oh yeah. Well, let's talk about it. And. and And so the Enneagram thing, though, the test bugged the snot out of me because I hate it when it says, and I think I said this a little bit last week, things like, um, are you.
3: This or this. Right. Are
0: you. (laughs) Are you ever insecure, you know, cautious? And it goes through these lists of things that I don't want to be, but I know I certainly am. Yeah. So then I go, well, yeah. And then the next question is something like, are you. Uh, forthright and outspoken and bold and courageous when everyone else is not sometimes. And I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, because I'm also the guy, if you get me going at the table and there's just a moment I'm like, let's do this, you guys. And those two things to me about myself can't coexist. Like, okay, these things can't be right. This test is stupid, you know? And I finally just was like, well, you know what? You know, forget this. I'm just going to answer them all as I should and then coming to the end of that, realizing, well, that's actually a thing. So the number I am, that's actually a thing. That, yeah. that A thing you already knew. No. Doesn't but, matter. Well, but
2: you look at the layers more so. But I didn't
0: know why. Yeah. So yes, I may have known those those things about me, but I didn't. That's really what anything is about. Why?
2: What, do you, what do you mean why?
3: But hold on a second. So there's this accepted thing in psychology, a school of thought, um. Do you ever take psychology like in high school or college? Yeah, I took one class. Okay. Do you remember something called the Johari window?
2: No. Okay. Mm -hmm.
3: So It's It's an
2: Indian film. It's
3: basically (laughs) – you know how a window has multiple panes in it? So it's basically a diagram where things are divided, and it says there are things about you that are known to yourself and things that are unknown. So there's a known and an unknown quadrant. Then there are things that are known to you, unknown to others – Things that are unknown to you, but are known to others. So things that people know about you that you may not know about yourself. Yeah. Oh, that's good. And then there's the the lower quadrant, which is basically the unknown on either side. That's a path to, you know, kind of growth. So while I think that, yes, with the Enneagram, which is kind of a motivations test or, you know, Myers-Briggs or any of those things, they are um they are things that you know to some extent but i think there's a lot about each of us that we either don't know or we really don't want to go there yeah um and i don't i'm like really just i don't know i'm like into lay it all bare. I think it's cuz I turned 40 or yeah. something. Like yeah. I'm just looking at the past decades and I go, "Oh man, if I had known this about myself, yeah. then maybe I could have avoided that. Mm-hmm. And if I had known this, then maybe I could have avoided that, or maybe I would be doing well, this good, because of
1: well, that." What good does that do you?
3: What good? You can't it,
1: change the past.
3: Absolutely not and wouldn't want to because I learned and grew from those things, but moving forward the decade between 40 and 50, if I'm more self-aware about maybe my own motivations makes me a better friend, makes me a better spouse, makes me a better mother. So I want to know more and reveal more about myself. Number one, so that I think it's the same reason David prayed like, search my heart, oh God. He wasn't really saying like, God, come look in my heart because he didn't think God already knew. I think he was saying like, Reveal, like get in there and go to the places that I don't really want to go because it had benefit for him. And I think it has benefit for all of us. I want to avoid the pitfalls in this next decade. And maybe if I'm avoiding the bad stuff, then it's more opportunities for growth in things that I didn't, didn't do well before. So I don't know. That's just kind of where I'm at, but it's probably just an age thing because I'm getting old. (laughs) I like that. And to
2: me it was comedy. Comedy is all about, when you start writing jokes, you figure out how you feel about things without meaning to.
3: Oh, sure. Let's so start writing
2: about – let's take gun control. You know, I grew up having a certain idea about guns, but after you write 10 jokes, you're just like, oh, wow. It, it reveals a layer to you that yeah. you're not – and the other thing is when I started out, a lot of my jokes were like very – this is what I hate about the world. That's how comedy starts. Like this is what I'm irritated by. And then as I've gotten on, I had friends who would tell me, like, bluntly tell me, it's like you said, the things that people can see about you that you can't see about yourself. Mm -hmm. Well, other comedians will tell you about your show. This is what your show is, in case you were wondering. Yeah. And I had a friend who is a good comic, and he's one of my best friends in the world, but he said, your show is amazing. And I'm afraid that people are leaving your show amazed, and they leave my show, and they know me. Wow. And my show's not as good as your show, but they know me after an hour. Right. They don't know you. They just know, man, he could sing and he could play the guitar. And I started knowing that now I can walk forward and I go, I started revealing things about myself, the embarrassing moments that I thought I would never want to show anybody. That's the thing I blare through a loudspeaker now. Right. And yeah. so now I'm connecting. So there is something to that. One thing I realized, for instance, is I had a lot of very. Uh, I wanted to be clever on stage. Mm-hmm. The first two three years, it was all about like Show I just want people to see are, yeah. how smart I was. And I realized about three years in, I don't. Nobody ever told me. I just said, I think I did a couple of radio interviews, and they were like, "Where'd you go to school?" And I was like, "Well, I didn't go to college." And then I started realizing this is why I need that on stage. I want to say to these people, I'm as good as mm-hmm. you. Yeah. And so. It did help me to know those things because I go, it's informing my voice on stage. And as a person, I go, this is my hang up and it has a destructive potential. Right. And I can get through it if I just know this. So I don't know. Well,
3: and that's the thing I love, at least in my very limited experience of just kind of kind of trying to discover the Enneagram and, and gaining some insight from it, is that nothing in it is either inherently good Or inherently bad. There are things in all of us that are great things about us, and there are things that are not so great about us. And it's how to kind of keep the scale tipped in the right direction so that the things that are good and positive about your behaviors and your motivations particularly are the things that are driving, are the driving force for you, not the negative behaviors. And really and truly, even before I took the test, reading the descriptors of the negative Parts of my particular type, Mm -hmm. that's how I knew that's what I was. Now, I took a couple of tests to kind of, you know, play out what my gut was telling me. Um, But that's how I knew is because the really negative parts, I would never admit them probably verbally to anybody. But reading them, you go, oh, yeah, yeah, that's me. me." (laughs) Yeah.
0: No, and, you know, you talked about the age thing. And I'm going to try not to stereotype, you know, uh, uh, anyone I, Dan I think I certainly So the day we got married September 30th 2000 the year 2000 I took my first pastor job October the 1st <laughs> and so we literally were supposed to be grown-ups mm-hmm. I was 21 she was 22 and and I've always been a know-it-all and so is she like we laugh, we can, we can sound like, whether we know it or not, we can absolutely sound like, so we both interviewed well, tested well, even I can come up with stuff on paper that I don't really know, but I can make an educated, Mm -hmm. you know, guess. And, and so we had kids who were 18, 19, 17, I mean, they were only four years older and I'm their pastor.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, it was, it was crazy, but we immediately felt so much older Because we had to be. And we were taking them across the country on trips and and being responsible. Mm -hmm. And I think what set in for me in my 20s was that I really believed that I knew as much as I felt. I really believed that my knowledge level, because I was a fairly bright guy and and could process things well. um, But I kind of bought that. I, I bought that I knew as much as it seemed that I knew. Yeah. to everybody and I've heard people say this I don't want to oversimplify it because I think if if we make it cliche then no one's going to hear it okay if there's one thing I know you make it cliche forget it no, no one really cares and so when I was in my 20s and I heard people in their 30s and 40s say well I'm just now figuring out really what I think life might be about, you're like, oh, yeah. And it just sounds cliche to me, so I don't listen.
2: Well, plus you've always been advanced. You're like, well, I figured it out in my 20s. Exactly. It was like,
0: (laughs) (laughs) what's wrong with
2: you, moron?
0: (laughs) And so, like, I really, as I approach 40... And Notice, I did say as I approach, she's yes, already I'm arrived. I'm
3: already there, guys. I
0: married an older mm-hmm. woman. Well, mm-hmm. What can I tell you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I'm a pretty big deal. But anyway, as as I approach that, it really has nothing to do with the age. Zero to do is just a number. Doesn't doesn't matter to me at all. Um, matters to my hairline, but mm-hmm. doesn't matter to me. But I honestly, and some of this is the journey and the story of what we talk about on this podcast so much. There are honestly things that God has been revealing to me that what was so difficult about hearing them is I thought I already knew them. I think the greatest detriment to what we can hear or what we can learn or what we can understand is the myth in our minds that we already know it. And so we box it away somewhere in a category of already known and we're literally, it can be punching us in the face, but we can't we can't get it. Yeah, you know, it's like the Tennessee fans that think that we're still good. Yeah, you know, like you can't convince them we're not some national power. Guys, we did not win a game in the right. SEC, but for whatever reason, that's in their head. It's this pre-existing idea, and so what she's saying that I love is getting to that pain of there are things about me. There has to be. So I challenge, I challenge that thought of what we were both saying. The reason I didn't want to take this. Oh, I already know this about me. No. There are absolutely things, there's behaviors I may be aware of, but I don't understand why. There's no way, even now, that, and this was so great about getting to to be this age. Now, I I want to discover, I want to discover things theologically. I want to discover things about God. I really am at a place where I believe that there are more things I don't know than I do. And there's a humility that has come. It's really, by the way, hard at first because they're like, "Oh, oh, crap. Everybody's always assumed I've known this.
2: Well, and even as a pastor, you've got to be the Bible answer man. That's your goal. That's, yeah. your, that's the rule. It's like if the pastor seems unsure about this, what are we going to do as normal people?
0: Absolutely, and that's that's the you know, Laura's heard me talk about it at home so much. You know, well, what are what are people going to think? And I realized that the real essence of a more complete and holistic biblical viewpoint of the gospel is found. In being willing to say, you know, it's so funny. John Kerry, he got up on a Sunday and he was speaking, and he said something about. He would not mind me saying this. Talked about how he struggles with women wearing really tight pants. Hmm. Like he goes, like yeah, goes to the gym. <laughs> he hmm. goes to the gym, and and everybody's you know half naked to him, and and he's just a dude, and 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 that may not be a struggle for everybody, but he shared that, and I remember like it was early on. I came home and i was like man you know, i know what john meant and i appreciate him being real but almost like i wish he wouldn't have said that i don't want people being suspicious of him and yeah. this and that until and what did you say
3: i think i just said that i appreciated the vulnerability of the moment just to say hey so what
0: i mean she absolutely like brought out this side of it that yeah. that just there's these see i didn't know i had that like what is it about me that thinks that I can't say that I'd be yeah, you tempted? By, you're afraid to show weakness right. because you've
2: always been the strong one.
0: Someone's going to think that uh, someone's mm-hmm. going to think that I could be tempted by attractive women? Hey guys, I could be tempted by attractive women. Right. And by my wife every day, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <So, laughs> anyway, oh, yeah. no, but the but the she's <laughs> right, right here, here guys. Okay. Um but you know that what w- what is it about me that makes me better than that? That's the problem that could cause me to fall because right. it's that blind spot. That whether I, ever it's an action or something, but that blind spot that says, no, 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 those of us who are mature and higher, we don't we don't face what everyone else faces. What
1: does this have to do with the Enneagram? The point was it showed me something
0: Enneagrams about – Enneagrams
2: can show you your blind yeah, spots. it showed me something yeah. about myself. But in
1: this case, real life showed you your blind spots. You figured out your blind spot in that moment with Laura, not the Enneagram telling you. Here's a blind spot. The
0: same willingness for me, number one, to have an honest conversation with my wife, her to be honest with me enough to say, hey, I think that was a good thing, and we have that conversation, that at first I disagreed with her, and by the end of it, I had this aha moment, that willingness is the same willingness that caused me to be brave enough to take the Enneagram and open my mind to what it is. It's not about the test. It's about the willingness to want to learn more about yourself and the assumption that possibly you don't already know everything about yourself. Well,
3: and I think even if we say, okay, I know that about myself, great. But sometimes what we do is when we say, I know this or I, whatever, we relegate then that to – I know that already. Therefore, it is what it is. It right. isn't changeable. I yeah. can't deal with it or it just it is what it is and nothing more when really that's not true. Yeah,
2: I'm irritated by people like that. They're well, like, well, I'm not saying well, that's I'm how I feel loud. about things. I, Look, dad's just rude. It's like, well, you need to talk to your dad. Yeah, He's exactly. rude. He just grew up that way. Well, it's time to grow up for real. <laughs>
0: He's yeah. Yeah. It's the idea that we come to a place where we stop, and yeah. it, 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 and man, that's that's really it for me. It's coming to a place where I'm accepting things about myself as if there's no room for growth for me. Yeah. Now you can go too far. I understand. I spent my life trying to fix all every issue that I have, but but man, there's such freedom yeah. in thinking that maybe that Christ and through Jesus's people around me is actually changing is transform my life into someone better that mm-hmm. I'm seeing that progressively every day and if I can't see it then what the heck am I doing like, yeah I see a lot of that on
2: the internet on Facebook like there's a lot of these like, advice you know motivational posters in weird fonts and they'll say like something to the extent of like being yourself is the best thing you can be and I'm like well, that's great advice unless you're a complete jerk <laughs> that's great advice sure. keep doing what you're doing you know if you, if you can't handle me on my worst day I don't want you with me on my best day I saw that Once I was like okay look <laughs> it's just, it's all about like, what are you? It's not like we're trying to fix ourselves. And again, there's grace and there's transformation, but I'm saying this idea that we are accepting things in ourselves sometimes yep. in a bad way. We're just like, well, that's just who I am. It's like, well, there's room for growth. You're not dead yet. You know? Well, I want to clarify because
1: this is not my stance, what you guys are Dane, arguing. this right is right an now.
0: intervention, bro. No.
1: I, you know, I want
3: to hear Dane's perspective.
1: I think. That the Enneagram, as a tool, as a mechanism, is just essentially another personality test that I can take on Facebook, where I am giving input, I'm inputting things about myself that I already know, based on questions that it's asking me, or the book's asking me, or whatever the mechanism is. And then it's outputting the same thing, just pieced together differently. It's telling me what I just said back to so myself. Do you assume because you know the data going in that you already know the conclusions yes. coming out. Yes. Okay. okay. I'm not saying that I don't think I should change as a person no, no, because no, I, I don't I think the that. Enneagram like, yeah. is useful.
2: But like I'm, I'm not,
1: saying right. I don't think <laughs> the Enneagram <laughs> is that useful and you guys have bought into this thing.
2: Well, and now I mean, you're I mean, selling
1: say, no. you're selling the Enneagram. You I, are. And I want to know when did
2: you get hired? I want <laughs> listen, hold on hold on to these e-meter cans and I want you to tell me who hurt you. This is Scientology. Um, well,
3: I, I think that it's true that you are inputting information into something that is then geared to synthesize that information and give you an output. I think the thing that is unique in this situation to anything at least that I have taken before, which generally like strength finders, Myers-Briggs, leadership Mushrooms. assessment, all of those things are really geared towards <laughs> your your task or your behaviors or your aptitudes. You know, you are really this, this, and this. Therefore, you're good at management, banking. Right, you right. know, it's more about yeah. your behaviors and your outward things. This is the first one that I've taken and really spent any time with, that's really about my motivations, like the inside versus external things. So it's unique in that sense. And for me, the thing that I love, especially in the way it's it's being used in the church and in seminary and other things, is that um, everybody has this kind of question, mm-hmm. each person. Type has basically sort of an intrinsic question that motivates them or is a key motivator. And it's what their heart longs to hear. Mm-hmm. And each of mm-hmm. us have that, what our heart, like at our very core, what our heart longs to hear and how then grace and Christ answers that question for each of us. Even if it's only just that information even if we don't ever use the information for ourselves, I think that's so important as leadership and things in the church to understand that there are different questions that people are asking, and it may not look like my question. Yeah. And how does Christ answer that question for them so that we can relate and educate and teach and do things in a broader spectrum so that we're not just answering from our, right. like from our perspective.
2: Well, I'm interested in the whole thing of like the panes in the window, the Gandhi window, the Juhupti, whatever <laughs> the you call Jahari it, window. whatever it is. I'm Jumanji. I want to get a Jumanji window.
3: It's really cool. I mean, and that's kind of where the stuff that
2: I know that others don't know versus the stuff that people know. Cause like everybody, I think
3: the term blind spot
2: or like the bad, like it's true. It's like the, it's the, it's the bad breath friend or it's the underarm odor friend. Like, He doesn't know and like unless you're a good enough friend to be like, dude, it's time. Yeah. And to the jihadi
1: windows bit, I say, nice try. Nice try trying to disprove me.
2: <laughs> I don't buy it. Still, well, and again, you that don't think w- you have a window? Let me. I could tell you some stuff. No, you no, that I'm sure I have a window. window. We're not arguing. going to talk off air. I'm going to throw you through a Jiharty window. <laughs> <laughs> like
3: that. that one in particular, I mean, is an accepted like standard in psychology. That one's not like a no, I know, thing just that's just become <laughs> okay. A okay, thing.
0: okay, I'll make it. I'll make it real from my own example.
1: Because yes, I'm a hey, guy. I who, would like to say this too because you touched on this a little bit, Laura. I think. It's my position, especially in, in commercial and businesses. I think those tests, like the Enneagram, like the uh, – any personality test that you would take where you're red, yellow, identify as green or blue, whatever. Right, right. I think that's way more helpful for the people that you work with or way more helpful for the people that are around you constantly because I think that it allows them to see how they can work you. How they can manipulate conspiracy you. Conspiracy theory. How to control you. I think it works for them way more than it works for you.
3: That's a little scary, Dane. Well, it almost, is. That's why like I will not do
0: it. <laughs> you're almost like a guy who's afraid to be discovered. Because mm. someone I,
1: might take advantage mm. of you. Well, I mean, I, I feel like those people. I think this is your Enneagram.
0: But
3: if it, were, but it. If it works, they know to enough make about you... me
1: by being around me. They don't need to know like my psychology. They don't need to know that I'm motivated by X. But you know like, what?
3: I do. If I'm about to put you in charge of a ten million dollar project, yeah, I need to know what motivates you. And
2: she is. I by the way. Need and you're going to cut your hair.
3: I, I need to know <laughs> $10 million, how man. you're going to handle those situations when. So I, I, and I agree that yes, kind of knowing that know, plays into what
1: I just said. Knowing
3: though. people. Does allow you to sort of know what you can trust them with, not trust them with, how they may react in this situation, etc. So, I guess if you want to take it like in its most negative, you can call that manipulation. I'm fine, but I think knowing it about myself at least allows me to maybe not because, like, so for me, I'm a type two, so when I'm at my worst, I am very manipulative of other people.
1: Which yeah. is why you're not getting my Enneagram
2: scores.
3: I don't want to be that way. So well, knowing like that about myself yeah. will help me avoid that in the future. Well, like
2: I know about myself that I'm negative and I'm cynical and I'm overanalytical. That's part of what makes me write jokes. But it's also something that I fight it. I want to fight against spiritually because I'm like, I don't know anybody happy that's cynical and judgmental and overanalytical. Yeah. So when I look at that data together, I go, okay, I can just accept this and go, well, I'll put out two great comedy records though. Or I can go, how can I do both? How can I have a happy marriage and friends who don't feel judged and overanalyzed and like they're going to and be uh, creative? Right. So that knowing that about myself is not just enough to go, like, well, this is who I am. Wah, wah. Like, no, it's not enough.
0: Well, and I think, I think for me, the, the wall that, I'm trying to break through in myself and in relationships and really the real message that we're trying to figure out if we're willing to embrace about being uh, the church and and being in, in this family of Christ together is it's not that we can or cannot discover these things about one another. It's seeing the need to love you well enough to care so that and, – and seeing all of us, whether we're willing to let others really see that and to not be so suspicious of it that someone must have an ulterior motive, I think it's, it's – and I'm not, I'm not using the N-word or generational things at all with you, okay? But I think all of us in our 20s especially, there is a sense of suspicion. What, what does everyone want to get out of me? You're a musician, who since you were, and so was I, since the age of 12, people need us for something on the stage. Mm -hmm. People need, you know, we have this great, we always have something to offer, okay? And there's always an angle. And then you, I'm very suspicious of church by my natural inclination. And so is, you know, I think we all have these things we've seen. And and this real like, (laughs) change in perspective about what, Grace is about what the message is of the gospel has caused me to go, I mean, I am like, I'm really closed off. I mean, I'm the guy that proclaims this from the stage every week, and I really don't want anyone to know who I really am except a few people. And because of that, if you think I'm not giving that away, so as the answer guy, go back to that. If I'm always the answer guy, who could ever teach me? The answer was no one. No one. Right. Johnny and Laura, I would allow to say things into my life, and that's really about it. But anybody else, if I if I let them speak, I always use my friend Jason as an example. Jason's a drug addict, was a drug addict, you know? And and I just looked at him like he was an idiot. And so the body of Christ didn't grow in either one of our lives because he never when he would try to speak something spiritual into me, I would just kind of patronize him. Yeah. Because I didn't see that about myself. I didn't see that Jesus might be wanting to do something in me through the wisdom that he's speaking. I will be—I would just shrug him off. Oh, that's great. I remember there was a guy, Brian, who goes to church here. I remember when we first started a lot of this, we had these nights. And, and i remember never forget, we, we were sitting there. And Brian, at the very end, I knew that people needed to go pick up their kids downstairs. Mm-hmm. And he made some spiritual. Wouldn't you say that grace is? He said something, and I had been I had been waxing eloquent up on the stage for so long answering kind questions. Of like right now. Yeah, and thank you, and uh, <laughs> I appreciate. It. See, there's that kind of painful honesty that oh, I'm looking for, yeah. and and so he said something, and I shut him down in a spiritual way. I was like, Well, I don't know, and I, and I quoted like three, four scriptures, and I shut him down, and then I realized later, like I, I'm perpetuating the problem. Mm-hmm. And so the next Sunday, when I was speaking, I actually apologized to him in the message. That's what people need to see from me, like because yeah. it would needed to be said. Hey, dude, I was rude to you the other night, but I did it in a spiritual Jesus way, and totally shut you down. And by the way, what you said was good, and I should have listened to it. Yeah. And his eyes are as big, and he came. Well, you don't have to say that. Well, yeah. Like so, it's the it's seeing the need to want other people to know what's really going on inside of me, realizing that you don't have to. Look, I don't. I don't need just qualified experts and professionals. I need all you guys, and and until we all do that, I mean, this is just new for me. I will, I was the expert. I wanted to be that guy. Now, you know what, Dane? I really believe. However old you are, I really believe my nine year old. I really believe my sixty five year old friends in church. Like that, the body of Christ is beautiful because Jesus is the only expert, mm-hmm. and I need to be real. And I need to not assume I'm taking his role like I have a role here and that I'm 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 enriched by all of these all of the above. And here's the problem when I can't be open to being who I really am or we're not all being open together, then we just get shallow church. We just get shallow Jesus experiences and we get exactly what we're all getting. And and people walk away going well that that's not well, what's so life changing about this I have friendships outside of church that have that and and Jesus is going yeah guys friendships outside of church is better than the ones inside inside the church and that's not how I made this and it's not because the message isn't right mm-hmm. it's because we all got these blind spots these window panes that that we don't even acknowledge exist and so I think for me that's what it is doesn't mean it's what it is for everybody right. but the, forget the enneagram it's that it's that nature that. Nature inside of me to change, to go. No, I want to be known. I want someone to see this. I'm asking you guys to do that. I'm asking you not just to point out my faults, but to help me as I it's like we read from John Calvin last week. Hey, knowing these things about myself are important to me, understanding who God is because If I'm not going to allow God to speak into my life, even if I can't listen to it, then there's no way I can grow from it. So
3: I just I think that health. If you think about just physical health, it's a continuum, right? There's on one end, there's like being in the ICU on -hmm. a ventilator, like very near death, and on the other end of the spectrum, maybe it's like being an Ironman triathlete, right? Yeah. And there's but there's a lot of health in between those two polar opposites. There's a lot of Places along that continuum that would be considered healthy. For me, the Enneagram or any of these type things towards growth is just trying to shift the marker towards health a little bit more, towards that Ironman triathlete of my own self-awareness And those things, because the healthier that I get in those things, then the healthier that my marriage becomes, the healthier that my friendships become, the healthier I become in the body of Christ. And if we're all moving towards health, then the church becomes a much healthier place to be. And we can start being sort of that body that we're supposed to be. But until we're willing to kind of take those steps towards emotional mental, you know, spiritual health in those things. And this is just one tool for me to get there among many others. Then all I'm doing is just shifting that bar closer towards health.
0: Well, that's good. That's <laughs> you're, you're quoting Ephesians four in a lot of ways. It talks about the every part of the body Growing, becoming healthy, doing its share, so that the body itself as a whole grows. Sorry, Dane, you were saying something.
1: Yeah, I just again, I'm going to ask, when did y'all start working for the Enneagram, guys? Okay, Enneagram because so far is, is that a person? Well, is the Enneagram well, whatever a person? organization made the Enneagram? <laughs> <laughs> know, they just it
0: made it into like the Illuminati. <laughs> because it, it so is. far, like y'all the... have
1: tried to sell me on the Enneagram is 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 intricate to my relationship with my family. Mm. The Enneagram yeah, is the intricate Enneagram. to the relationship with my church. And the enneagram is intricate to the to my relationship with no, Jesus. Not the
3: enneagram, no, just the your list. own <laughs> self-awareness. I'm making a point, but I'm also uh, just other, being. <laughs> facetious. I know, but other people's awareness of you and your yeah, awareness of really yourself. Use How, a rock if it helps. Who, it doesn't matter. Whatever, Find some my argument is, that
1: could give you this helps way more than an enneagram would. Well, that's all it is. Real life helps way more than anything. But you know you, what? T- if
3: the you read, church
2: needs a cinegram. That's what we need. That's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> oh god! But Do if, you know about the secret sins? Take but a, if take you my knew
3: more about my motivations <laughs> and my uh-huh. types then you might understand me better, which would allow us to have a healthier relationship. So forget it being about you for a second mm,
0: mm. and
3: think about it being about <laughs> other people. No, I don't no, want to say like, the Like I've had jaw. conversations with your wife about this oh. and knowing her type and things. Oh, like that about you makes so much more sense in In the context of those things, knowing his type –
1: Allows you to put him in a tinier box. No, it doesn't.
3: It doesn't. (laughs) But you know what it does? It helps me understand his core motivations in a way that when he does need to process and say, okay, you know what? I just need an hour of your time. Like for me to understand that's – I mean it's not just that he needs to wax eloquent for an hour. It's that he really – needs that to process the information and to get through it, it gives me a whole other level of um, willingness to give that time.
2: Yeah.
0: Instead of just being frustrated by it, she she understands the reason behind it. Yeah. And and hopefully understand about her. And I'll have to tell you all on, on another episode about what this did for me in terms of my need for resolution in relationships. Because my, the greatest felt need of the six, the thing that my heart longs to hear is that you are safe, which I didn't want to hear that. I thought that was stupid because I'm a very courageous guy who takes chances, but that's not what it meant. Mm-hmm. I really praying one day. So the answer, I knew that about myself, but it made sense. Oh, no, no. It's not just my, my incessant need for everybody in my life to all be okay with each other and with me yeah. is my version of things being safe. Everything is okay. I needed to all be okay for all of us, all all of us at the same time. And y'all know that. If I think it's yeah. not, you'll be getting a lot of texts and phone calls yeah, from me
2: until it is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah,
0: and so that helped me. So I did. I discovered something about why I'm that way instead of just being ashamed of that because I don't like that. I feel that was a weakness, and maybe it is, but I can be healthier in it. Okay, yeah, now I know why. So
1: anyway, we've gone over our time, no, I'm sure. No. I would like to say I've taken the Enneagram before. Zach, Zach has a book oh that's, that's right it's like really book into of it me yeah again. so he did it on me one night and I'm pretty sure I broke it like it didn't quite get me you didn't me. line up with one uh uh-uh. uh and that happens. I mean, and they
3: do talk about that and having to take sort of multiple versions of it to kind of hone in truly on where you are. And with the Enneagram, you know, you're in a triad, plus you have a wing and variants and all those things. So it get, it can get really complicated. Yeah. i want other- to say
1: that to say I, I tried it yeah. and it was not useful for me.
3: Well, no, but maybe know, we no. revisit it together.
2: You or, you know, like the only other person I ever heard that got like a split level decision like that was Charles Manson. So, hey, well, there you go, that.
1: me and old Charlie, <laughs> you
2: and
0: Dane. One time me. long ago, you tried scissors too. Doesn't oh. mean you should give up on them
2: now. There's you know the object. lesson. John's holding scissors right now. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna go down to the pond and throw them in the water. We're gonna throw Dane's It'll hair. will represent. Yeah, in,
3: Dane's hair will float to the top. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: hey, honey, thank you for being on the episode today. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. I had
3: fun. Oh, she's yeah. so Thanks. smart.
0: She's so smart. No. I love to have. You. We're gonna have you back a lot. It's gonna be exciting. So, and I hope that Sadie hasn't killed our dog upstairs. And Office. Yeah, that's good. Um, but uh, yeah. hey, but thank you guys too. Don't forget to share uh, on whatever platform you're listening
2: please on. Please do and uh, comment, uh, review, all that stuff.
0: Yeah, coming into the holidays, lots of people are going to want to catch up on everything. So uh, mm-hmm. spread it around and tell them. It's just like holiday cheer <laughs> and him.
3: flu, and hit <laughs> yeah, that whatever. subscribe
0: button for yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And uh, but we'll see you next time
1: on Talk About That. going to be uh It's going to be amazing. Yep. You hit subscribe and we'll send you your very own copy of the Enneagram to take for yourself. Oh, yeah,
2: that's a good idea. Free on the website.
1: (laughs) All right, y'all have a good one.